Well, today we're looking at, and if get ready, oh, get ready to open those Bibles, even if they're on a device, all right? It's like this. All right, whatever it is. But open to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is where we're gonna conclude this series today. I'm gonna do my best to put a bow on the whole thing, wrap it up. But I love Psalm 91. In fact, Psalm 91 verse one is my 911, right? I mean, when there's trouble, when there's things going on, before I wanna pick up a phone or before I wanna dial a number, I wanna go to the word of God And the word of God just declares right there in Psalm 91, verse one, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Woo! Boom, that's the answer. They don't put me on hold, they don't ask anything, you know, it's 911 right there, touching base with the word of God. So we're talking today about shelter. And uh, you know, so the, the verse goes on, or the passage goes on, Let me just read it again from the top. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. We need to be people that declare things about the Lord. Because if you're not declaring things about the Lord, you're declaring things about you. Or you're declaring things about other people. And normally neither one of those is as life producing as declaring about the Lord. David recognizes this in verse two. He says, this I declare about the Lord, colon. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue you. See, he shifts. He tells, this is who he is to me. This is what I believe about him and this is what you should believe about him. David just becomes an evangelist right here. And he says, So he goes, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. Like feathers. It's an analogy, all right? Because feathers, the wings of the most high. All right, you got it. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Man, that is so good. David is like going, this is who he is. This is what he's done. This is why you should trust him. This is why you should put your hope in him. Because God is trustworthy and he is alive. And he is our shelter. Heavenly Father, I pray today the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. You're my rock and my redeemer. Amen. We are people that we're familiar with shelters. We, we, we understand the concept of it. I lived in Alabama and uh, that's kind of like Tornado Alley and our house did not have a basement and uh, we had not yet become end time preppers, uh, which we still haven't become. So I did not have a hole that I could go into and, and hide and tornadoes were coming and we only had a crawl space and so we at one time were hiding in our, underneath an inner stairway and in a bathtub for quite a while. It wasn't cozy and it wasn't our favorite time that we ever had in that house. But we understood the sirens were going off and they were like, this is not a test. Take cover now. You know, one of those guys. And uh, so we did and it turned out to miss us and we're very grateful, obviously. 
And probably most of you know, if, you, if you've not been in it, but you know where your shelter is, right? If a, if a storm comes to your house, maybe you've had a chat with your family, here's where we would go. In this building, we would go to our abundant kids area. We put our kids in the safest place in the building. This is the least safe place in the building, right? They don't need us, right? We're gone. You're like, I think I want to go volunteer for kids ministry. That's my point. There you go. You're like, I need to be where it's safe. We need kid volunteers. Did I mention we're having new families every week? Come on, get involved. Sign up to work with kids. All right, but we have shelters. We understand that. The basement, the closet, the garage, wherever it may be. But what about the other kind of storms in our life? We face various kinds of storms, not just disasters or or natural disasters in weather, but where do you go maybe when you're going through an emotional storm? Where do you go when emotionally you are just, you're rocked? Something has happened in your life and your emotions are raw and, and you're feeling vulnerable and you're angry or you're upset or you're terrified or, or, or there's things happening inside of you and you're filled with anxiety and you're filled with fear and you're, and you're filled with anger and you're something going on. Where do you go? Where is your shelter when your emotional storms hit? Because they do, don't they? They come and they come unsuspected. They come when we're not really prepared for most of the emotional things that we face in our life. So do you go to a person? A lot of people, they do. They find somebody and say, I gotta, I gotta talk to you, dude. I, 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 gotta, I gotta meet with you. Man, if those people aren't ready, we're not, then we're panicking. Maybe you turn to a substance. You know, maybe it's, you know, you, know, you go to your medicine cabinet or you go to a, you know, the refrigerator, you go to a liquor store, you go places and you find substance to numb your pain. But does it work? No, it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, it might numb for a minute, but it's even worse when it starts wearing off and when you find out what you did during the numbing time. Maybe you just crash. You get underneath the room, your, your blankets, turn off all the lights, and you disappear. See, God wants to minister to you when you're going through emotional storms, not just natural storms. How about these other storms? When you're going through physical storms, you know, you're like, man, I, I want to I change the way I look. I want to change the, the, the way I feel about myself physically. You know, do you go to Planet Fitness or do you go to McDonald's? Or somewhere else. Maybe you go and you just punch a wall. But you're like, I, I'm struggling with this. I, I don't want to be like this anymore. Where do you go during your spiritual storms? Where do you go when spiritually you're just, you're wrestling with it and you feel like, man, I'm in a whirlwind. I don't understand what's going on. Well, let me tell you something. When you're going through physical or spiritual storms, what emerges out of that is whiners and winners. Whiners start blaming everything. Well, I don't like what's going on in this person. I don't like what's going on in my church. I don't like what's going on over here. I don't like this, and I think that, and I, if this was changing, if that was different, and all that, yeah, whining doesn't get anyone through a storm, though. 
And it makes it worse because we have social media ready to just post it everywhere. Yes, I needed that. Did anyone really need your gossip? Are you complimented by that? Or is it, I wanna win because if I'm going through something, someone else is probably going through something and I need to give them real hope. If somebody's in a pit, I wanna throw a rope down, not just tell them that they're in a pit because they're stupid. Because it doesn't help. We've gotta be winners in those moments. And how do you change from being a whiner to a winner? The word. It's the word of God that you stand on in times when the storm is coming, when truth seems to not be there. Go back to the word of God. Be faithful to the word of God. You cannot lose there. Because God knows the storms you're facing. And some of the storms you're facing, he is allowing you to face so that you will come out better on the other side. See, when, when the disciples went through the storm in the middle of the sea and he was sleeping in the boat, do you think Jesus' kind of secret ambition was to drown in the middle of the Sea of Galilee? Oh my gosh, he's sleeping. How could you sleep in a storm? Son of God. Imagine like Peter going, imagine they're gonna kill us. We get the storm and say, he flipped overboard. We don't know where he went. Jesus sank to the bottom in his dress. <laughs> he wasn't gonna drown in the middle of the ocean. He didn't say, go to the middle of the sea and panic. He said, take me to the other side. But what he didn't promise was, there wasn't gonna be some storms in between. God's gonna get you to the other side. God's gonna get you to where he needs to put you. God's gonna place you right where you need to be, but there may be a storm in the middle of it, and all I can say to you is, even in the times where God seems silent, if he's in your boat, rejoice, and keep rowing. Keep rowing. Keep going after God rather than looking for a reason to whine about it because nobody hears in a storm. So after storms, what are we craving? You know, sometimes when we've gone through a storm, we want to blame people. Man, you know why I went through that, don't you? Because of him, because of her, because of them. We want revenge and retaliation. That's one of the things we can crave, or we can crave faith and forgiveness. That's God's purpose. It's for us to come out on the other side going, he proves himself again and again and again and again and again. Jesus said, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. See, again and again, we've said this before. Everybody has to go through storms. There's sunlight times and there's rain times. There are storm times. And we all go through it. But the world is looking very intently at your life to see if you go through it any differently than they do. 
Do you whine about it? Do you complain about it? Do you gossip about it? Do you give up? Do you curse? Do you get all ugly and crazy when you go through storms, when you go through sickness, when somebody happens at work, something happens at work, when, when this happens, or do you live differently? Do we shelter with God? Do we say, it's okay, there's a storm coming, but I called 911, and I'm living in the shadow of the Almighty. That's where I'm gonna be during this storm. We gotta learn to love the herders and love the haters and love the hiders. Yes, yes, yes. You gotta learn to do that. During these times, God will help you. Because when storms of life come, and they come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. I love it. Proverbs 10, 25. So back to Psalm 91. How do you live in, not just visit, but live in the shelter? How do you live in the shelter of the Most High? Well, the people who live in the shelter of the Most High, they experience a few things, and I want you to experience this with your life. What can you experience? Number one, rest. How many of you like rest? How many of you have some rest planned for this afternoon? Sunday nappers. We got some of those people. Some of you are like everyday napper, Pastor Chili. I love you. Find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who live in, not visit on Sunday, not show up every now and then. Those who live in the shadow of the Almighty, find rest in it. You find rest there in his protection. He's got you. God protects us. He knows what you're going through. He knows how to protect your thought life. He knows how to protect your mouth. He knows how to protect your heart. He knows how to protect your family. He knows how to do it. And it's always on the other side of being in his word and being in his presence. Because his shelter is him. Get it? You hide yourself in him and his word and things go. There are things that you wouldn't know about God if you hadn't been through a storm in your life. It's true. There are things that you know about God. There's things that you trust in God now that you didn't trust even before you went through a storm. It doesn't mean that we become these psycho storm chasers. There's a problem. I think I'll go insert myself. Some of you are really good at Facebook storm chasers. <laughs> you find yourself in the most ridiculous arguments, right? Oh, my goodness. Learn how to delete a conversation. Thank God you can do it there because you can't do it in real life. But in his protection, live there in his power. He has all the power, doesn't he? He created the universe. And I love how the word says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. How can we go, we feel so weak, pastor. I don't have any power. I was like, did Jesus not resurrect for you? He did resurrect for you. And he gives you the ability to have the power to overcome. But you've got to understand that There is rest in his power. There is rest in his protection. But there's also rest in his process. 
This is the part that we wrestle with the most because God doesn't always do it in our timeline because there's a process he puts us through. There's a process. We're like, God, you were almost late this time. (laughs) He's been almost late so many times in my life. (laughs) That's a funny way of putting it, you know, because he's always right on time. But we kind of thought he could have been earlier. You know, you know, God, you could have just come a little bit earlier. Those of you that have carried a baby past due date. <laughs> you, hear, you hear the sighing. I can feel that here even though I've never carried a baby. I just, I, I haven't passed a kidney stone though, just so you know. Um, they tell us it's the closest thing for us guys. I'm just trying to have some empathy. But I was there for all five of our children's births. And, and again, you know, Ned would like to keep them in the oven. She's like, they were well done. But every one of our children, we wouldn't change them for anything. And if they'd come a week earlier, it wouldn't have been any more of a blessing to us than we thought then. All of those things that we think, man, man, if God would just do it in my time. See, the process is because God loves you and he wants to change you, not just fix your situation. God wants to grow your faith, not just answer your prayer. So he allows the process and that's part of rest. You imagine if rest only took 30 minutes, how bummed out you'd be? Oh, I like the process of a full eight hours. Some of you don't. You're like, I could get a lot more done. We need to allow God to help us exchange stress for rest. Hello? Man, we live in such a stressed out world, don't we? Everybody talks about their stress, their anxiety, the pressure. I'll promise you this, that God doesn't want you to live like that. God doesn't want you to feel that all the time. He says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And he's not just saying it because it's a cool sounding Bible verse. But those of us who have actually cast our care on him can tell you that process changed us. It changed the way that we view storms. It changed the way that we see the shelter. So I encourage you, put your rest in the shelter. Rest in the shadow of the mighty. Second thing that we experience if we're doing this is refuge. Refuge. It says, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. The first place that Ned and I were planting churches in Detroit in the inner city, our first sanctuary, our first auditorium like this that we ever had, we named it the refuge. Now it was a converted bar and nightclub so it needed a new name. But really what we were saying to our community in the inner city was that he alone is our refuge. And this was a place of safety where you could come and know God and trust him. That's what I pray for this room and any room that people walk on to this property, amen? I love that about us. I love all of our parking guys out there with your high shirts on and parking ladies too. (laughs) They're so awesome. Now they're giving people tickets sometimes. You just want one too, by the way. If you get a ticket out there, they're the good kind of tickets. I keep waiting for mine, but keep going. 
but I love it. And I was talking to a man this morning at the first service, and he goes, I went on the parking team, but they gave me one of their high shirts. He goes, because every time you preach the word, it gives me practical things I can do. And I go to every doctor's office and every dentist's office and everything that I go to, and I wear one of those high shirts because I want to just make people smile so I can tell them about Jesus. 83 years young. He's just rocking it for God, you know? He found his refuge. He found his shelter. And he's not waiting to die. He's living. He's living every day. I love it. I've said many times to all of us, but especially our awesome seniors, you got a pulse, you got a purpose. Just go after it. So you hold on to the truth. What's the truth? Him. He alone is our truth. And hold on to the trust. I trust him, my God, the God. That's what it says. He alone is my refuge. That's the truth. And he is my God, and I trust him. Hold on to truth and trust every day of your life because truth and trust push us past what we feel to who he is. And that's how you get faith. That's how you get faith. When truth and trust push you through that storm, past how you feel to who he is. So good, yeah. The last thing here I find in Psalm 91, verse three and four, is we experience rescue. Rescue. For he will rescue you from every trap. Remember, this is where David goes from testifying to evangelizing. He goes, this is what God does for me. Let me tell you what he'll do for you. As you walk out of this place, people are looking at your restaurant. They're looking in your workplace. That you can go, man, I put my trust in God. My shelter when storms come, when sickness comes, when disappointment comes, and they know it does. You find your shelter in him, and then you say to them, you know he'll rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He'll cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you underneath his protection, his wings. His faithful promises, the word of God, is your armor and protection. I love it. So what does this tell us? Why does he rescue us? He rescues us to remind you. To remind you that he's already won. He has already won. I hate to blow the end of the Bible for you, but he wins. We win. The cross settled that. There's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Jesus overcame death. And eternal life is already in motion. He rescues you to remind you that he's won. And he rescues you to remind you, or to revive you. To remind you and then to revive you. I believe there's a revival coming. This Wednesday night, we are praying for sick. We're, our Quorum Deo, our Wednesday night prayer meeting that, you know, you'd hardly think in the middle of the summer, it's growing every single week. This week, almost 60 people packed in here praying together on Wednesday night. This Wednesday, we are praying specifically for healing. And there are people that are bringing needy family and needy people here on Wednesday night because I believe when it comes to revival and comes to these end days, nothing short of God's miracles is going to convince a world that's so skeptical that Jesus Christ is still Lord of all. And maybe you're here going, I don't believe in miracles anymore. Well, then you don't believe I'm here because I was healed of deafness at age five. 
I walked out of a hospital where they told me I would never walk out with my daughter when she was a new baby, our second daughter, Courtney. We have seen God do miracles all around the world, and I'm going to just build your faith on Wednesday night for about the first 15 minutes and just tell you story after story, true stories that I have witnessed of God's miracles and healings. And I want you to come. I want you to bring friends. You're like, well, what if he doesn't heal them? Get them in the shadow of the Almighty. Of the Almighty. Let's just shelter in here. It, you can't lose in his presence. He wants to revive you because he's our healing and our hope. And he wants to release you. You're armed and dangerous. I said last week when I was talking about sheep, I want to raise up a generation of Holy Ghost attack sheep. <laughs> Never think of sheep that way, right? But his shelter provides you rest, refuge, and rescue for anyone. Can we make that our anthem, our summer song, proclaimed with our life? His shelter provides rest, refuge, and rescue for anyone. Let's proclaim it with our life. That's everyday Jesus. In every situation, Jesus is the answer. Speaking the name of Jesus is powerful. Living the name of Jesus, even more powerful. And he is our Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you. You're here. And you're my shelter, Lord. Oh, Lord, there's been so many times in my life where I didn't know what to turn to or I didn't know the answer. I didn't know what to feel. And I just hid away in your presence. I hid away in your word. I hid away in your love. And God, you just restored my soul. You restored my heart, my mind. You reminded me and gave me the right perspective. The truth and the trust grew. And God, you did miracles. And I pray in this room and anyone listening online today that is going through a storm or just facing some uncertainty that they would find themselves 911 in the shadow of the Almighty. They'd find themselves in your presence, Jesus. And know that you have never left them and you've never turned your back on them and you never will. And you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God, be glorified. And may we be a people that believe in miracles. In fact, Lord, we don't just believe on them. We depend on them. Because we depend on you, Jesus. Have your way this week, God. And may you get all the glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.